Yo, yo, yo. What is up, guys? Um, apparently, I am a 90s R&B disc jockey on the mic right now with my yo, yo, yo MTV Raps voice. I'm back. I don't even want to do a long intro and talk about how 2020 is just a big POS. And I just don't want to get into any of that. I want to get into the realness. My name is Brittany Landers. If you have never listened before, thank you for taking the time out to find my little old podcast. Someone called it garbage over the weekend. So if you found my little pile of trash, I appreciate you. Come join in in the fun. Sometimes it's fun to get trashy. Let's do it together. Rate five stars. Rate it five stars and let's take that trash and turn it into a pile of something sweet. Maybe gold. Maybe like a couple sponsors will visit visit as well and live on my pile of dirt ball heaven that is called the Life Out Loud podcast. Just kidding. It is not garbage. I don't listen to the haters. I let them be my motivators. Live, laugh, love. No. Anyway, I want to get actually into the things. If you're joining me for the first time, I appreciate you. Like I said, it's the Life Out Loud or the LOL podcast for short because we're talking life. We're getting real. I am unabashedly authentic and like self-deprecating. I feel like my trials and tribulations in life, although the stories do end up being pretty funny or ridiculous or I make them that way, that's actually my trauma talking and they're I just have had a lot happen to me, you know, but that makes for a good story and hopefully a good, not garbage like podcast. And hopefully that makes for a way that you can connect with me and others like us and relate and start a conversation on here, offline, in person, with your family, with your friends, with strangers, with cats. Tell everybody Life Out Loud podcast. Please subscribe. Oh, what up? Um, you know, when you do that wave, like you're going through the neighborhood and it's a residential area and there's speed bumps. So like you can't avoid people and you see like 10 minivans in a row and you just have to do the wave and the humble, the humble, like not a smile, but not a frown. It's just like the, Hey Todd. Hey Cindy. Oh, Sherry. I actually like Sherry. Hey, I'll give you a smile and a, and a coffee mug like a fist bump, but with a coffee mug, you know, when you like raise your glass, like a cheers, but you have three to four children and you're miserable and it's daytime. So you can't do an actual cheers with alcohol. Um, well, and you're driving. So probably shouldn't do that. Well, I just had to do that. I, I did a what up though. That's fresh today on the podcast. We are talking about in case the title made no sense calculated risks and shit because I got to keep it a little a little spicy um a little pg-13 oh my gosh if you have a 13 year old probably shouldn't listen to this but I mean I don't know actually because I think that role models can come in all shapes and sizes and viewpoints and as long as you're being real and giving it to the people especially the youth I think that actually can shape their minds and help them grow in healthy intelligent way. So maybe let them listen. I don't know. They're your kids. Maybe they're not. Do what you want. 
let let them listen, especially subscribe because I feel like kids know how to do this better than us old folk. So we're talking about I want to share like one, two stories that really came top of mind today. I was doing my morning walk through the neighborhood every like three or four times a week, maybe five. I take the baby on a walk. I have a baby, three months old, cutest thing of life, not biased. Um, like stormy could never, she's like a little fashion plate and so cute and smiley, but we walk around the neighborhood and this morning I was thinking about how, how blessed I am to have found this neighborhood. And like it was moving to where I moved from where I was, was one of the biggest, it was a calculated risk, but it was also a leap of faith. Like I planned it out, but I also like, I had no fucking clue if it was going to work out. I was on my own with, at the time, my two older kids. I had a job that was going to offer to pay me full-time and better with benefits if I moved, and I had to go through my divorce first, and then I had to petition to move, and then find a house that we could afford, which, uh, fortunately, I, my grandparents helped me with that because I wouldn't have been able, probably, I wouldn't have had a down payment for a house. I don't know how people have down payments for houses right now. Literally a forty thousand dollars, sixty, I think sixty thousand dollars down. I don't have that. No one has that. Like, I mean, you guys probably, maybe you do, but I definitely did not. But I didn't know anything was going to work out. I just it it. Oh, this is such a good point. I should savor savor this save this for the end of the podcast. But there's something about when your purpose aligns with your passion, like your true you're in true alignment that things do work out and like those calculated risks when it just doesn't feel forced like something always felt right even though right is not the same as easy like nothing felt easy about the last I don't know five years of my life but it felt right um Columbus Ohio where I live now has always felt like home to me I don't care if that's cheesy make fun of Ohio you have no clue until You've lived here and experienced some of the wonderful, open-minded people I've met and friends I've made and places I've visited. There's just so much to do and see um, and opportunity for myself. Job-wise, I had very limited job selection in my old town and just opportunities for my children to be smarter, happier, healthier, have more access to things, more resources, to learn more from different kinds of people. I freaking love that about Ohio. Um, yeah. So I, when, okay. Talking about calculated risks. So that was one of them that I, for like a year and a half going through divorce, when I would drive up here to work, I worked in the music industry and I would do social media and marketing and press. I handled press at all of our um, our major events, or if we would have like a four part tour, we had like a Tiesto tour with slushy. Uh, they're both EDM artists. If you do not know, like big room house, progressive house, uh, Slushy's more like melodic, but, um, it, stuff like that we would garner press for, and I would coordinate all of that and make sure that blogs posted and shared and retweeted. And we had ticket organi- organized press at certain times. And then I would also, run press and social and a lot of our giveaway winners, our contest winners for meet and greets, um, and backstage passes, things like that. And as well as interviews, I actually started 
my very first event I worked, I had no fucking clue I was doing. Um, and I threw together interviews that no one had lined up. I think I, I wrote down on note cards. What a little nerd interview questions for every main artist on this lineup. And then half of them turned it down. Half of them did them. Some of them I didn't even know. And they agreed to it on the spot. And I, I did all of this with no note cards. I used those to memorize the questions so that I could just riff and like have at least four good questions and then like a couple fun ones. Um, and that actually happened. The chain smokers, I was never supposed to interview and I saw them during a meet and greet and I, I thought, fuck it, once in a lifetime opportunity, let's do this. And I semi killed it, I feel like, for having no audio, literally no experience. Um, nightmare, he's a... He was more of like a trap. He really got into trap music um, at a time where trap wasn't a thing in electronic music anyway. It, it may have been more so for rap, but he kind of blew up with this song Street that, that was fire. I can't really explain what has happened to him now, but I interviewed him. Um, who else? Big G, Big Gigantic. They're more like funk and play live instruments with electronic music and they fucking I almost said slay they fucking slay (laughs) um anyway getting so off topic but I was doing that and then when I would get off work from my office or whatever I would drive around and I would go to different neighborhoods and I researched where the good schools were and then I realized very quickly that the best 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 schools um houses in my price range were literally it's just like I couldn't live there. They were so small, needed so much upkeep, and I just couldn't do that with two kids myself. Like, I didn't have the capacity, and I didn't want to. Um, so I was like, well, crap. So doing that for a year and a half, and also at the time, I forgot, I was working at a newspaper um, in my small town at the same time. And then low-key... I would be writing for this music blog that then I started to commute here and work and do the interviews for. I started writing for them and then taking on the social media and developing their blog and their backstage like viewpoint um, that they were trying to do. I don't fucking know. Um, Photo and video. And I was doing that at the same time. And then I would rush through and get all of my work done for the day so that on my lunch break or while I was on the clock, I would also write and edit and maintain a group of um, freelancers under me for this website, essentially. So I I feel like I've never shared any of this. This is so crazy. Aw, it feels weird to like put it feels like you're like kind of promoting yourself or telling your story, but I kind of like it. It feels good. It's interesting. I told you, I've had like a wild ride, man. I've been, I've actually, that's, (laughs) that is living out loud. That is what this podcast and even out of the box when it was called that. um, If you've been listening for the seven, eight, nine, ten episodes I've had so far. um, Yeah, I just, I had crazy dreams and ideas and I knew I wasn't happy living in my small town the rest of my life. I just was different, um, in a good way. Different doesn't mean bad. And I just wanted more 
and different out of my life. So, yes, so I drove around and on the way back one time, driving up and back, it was a two-hour commute, um, stumbled upon, I saw a sign that said new homes in the whatever price range, um, and it was like a housing development in a sediment park, whatever, and I thought, oh, that's like, I think that's in my price range, I wonder what that little place looks like, and I could see a school and like this nice entrance area, and I was like, wait, there's a school right there. It looks nice. Like who knows? So I immediately, I probably on my phone while I was driving, I hope I didn't do this, but I'm also not perfect trying to get better, but probably looked it up. Or when I got home, thought I want to look that place up, looked it up, immediately fell in love, even saw a specific house model. And it is the house that I live in today with my beautiful children. This gives me freaking chills. Um, and I, I had been working with a realtor to go back. Let me go back a c- couple s- steps. Dear God, it's so disorganized. For someone that's very organized, when I freely talk on this podcast, I'm insane. But it's a spew of consciousness that I also really love about this platform. And I want to keep my channel like that because I think it is real and unedited and it's it just allows me to be creative and be myself in a world that it's just hard to do that on a daily basis. You know, you're working your nine to five. You can't necessarily act like this, unfortunately. Um, but I have been working with a realtor, didn't find anything I liked. I immediately sent him an email and I said, I want to look at this house or I want to look here and just see what there is. And that there's a whole story in itself, but basically I got the house. I and I can dive into more details. It's not specifically on the topic, but I I was lucky enough to get a down payment. Like I tell everyone that and I also was l- not lucky enough because I proved myself in a court situation, but I was granted to be able to move my children here after researching good schools. Also this place was in a good school district. Um, that I'll, I'll get into like the best part of that. Oh my gosh, this makes me so excited. Um, you know, good school district, great athletics here, great colleges here. Overall, just, I was able to get to move here with my, my kids and have a fresh start and really start that like second chapter of my life. You know what I mean? Third chapter, however many chapters, dear God, I feel like an encyclopedia at this point or like a medical book. Um, But, so I was able to move here. I then, yes, the purpose aligning your true alignment um, doesn't make things easy. I then had to secure my job full time to get here and prove that. I then had to move everything myself. I boxed everything up myself for my small little family. I drove the U-Haul here myself, unloaded it myself except for like two or two to four heavy 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 things I had a friend come um like a bigger guy help me lift those off but even then I placed everything myself my kids weren't here yet I would come here after work and stay a night and sleep on my mattress on the floor like the only actual furniture I really had um that we moved it 
like I had my mattress to my room. That was it. I had a TV that ended up breaking in the move. Stupid. Um, I had the kids bedroom furniture. That was it. That's all I had. Um, and the sweet house, but actual rest of the house, not decorated. And I, I couldn't have afforded all that at the time. I was barely affording what I had. Um, but moved it all myself, drove the U-Haul back in the middle of the night and actually got pulled over on the way driving home because I couldn't figure out how to turn my brights on, um, for the U-Haul, the the officer helped me with that, whatever. Drove it back. And yeah, that's how the, the chap, the, the story began. And I took this crazy leap. And then from there, I actually used that job here as a, as a jumping off point, which I knew I was going to, it was one of my favorite jobs ever. However, pay um, and benefits in the music industry and the amount of hours worked and kind of the mental health toll it takes on you, the hours, the late nights, the nightlife um, situations you're put in, you put yourself in, I mean, you put yourself in, but it's just a lot. It is a lot and it's difficult to stay focused and I definitely lost focus a lot in that because it was new to me. I had also just, you know, gotten a divorce it just, it is what it is, but I did love it. Have, and I've always loved music. Like you guys know that if you followed me for a while. Um, but I use that then another calculated risk to get a job. Cause my title was great there. The money was not great, but I used that title and experience to then get a job, double my income, double my salary somewhere else close. And then I used that to get the next one. And then that job got to be closer to my house. So I wasn't commuting downtown 45 minutes to an hour and a half every day. So that little story is just kind of how you take these risks and there are things that are leaps of faith, but you don't blindly want to do them. I think being blind is a little bit naive. I think you know how you hear about falling in love and it's just like you take that leap of faith. You do, but especially uh, these past couple years, I've learned that you need to think things through logically. You can't just act on your emotions and act on whatever the fuck you think is a good idea at the time because that probably won't end up great. So having a little balance in your brain to weigh out the situation, but then yeah, you do have to make a decision that could ultimately, you would fall flat on your face. Entrepreneurs do that all the time. I do that all the time. Like take risks that fail. My daughter does it. Like kids want to try sports and then they suck at it or they do talent shows, which is awesome. And then they fall or mess up a song. Who cares? You've taken the risk. You've practiced and prepared how you can that you got to let it, let go and let God is what I've heard. If you believe in God. If not, let go and let whoever, someone else handle it. The universe, honestly, let go and let flow. Oh, let it go and let it flow. Unless it's your period and then you might need help with that. Uh, I'm sick. Uh, Get your diva cup in working condition. Um, But yeah, so when I was walking, when I was walking today on my walk, I saw one side of where our the houses are in our neighborhood is this large piece of open land that they kind of promise, promised would be developed into new schools for a new school system. And I looked at it today with the little baby 
and that knowing that what God approved and what is happening is in the next three to five years. So when she starts kindergarten, she will get to go to a brand new, nice, amazing school and it's in walking distance and it's safe and it's going to be state of the art, beautiful. I've seen like the different drawings and it's in a great school system. She'll, she'll never have to ride the bus um, which given the current, the coronavirus, like who knows when a bus will be safe. She, if she had to walk, she probably won't be by herself because she'll get to be with friends. We've already made pe- friends in the neighborhood. And then there's also a brand new middle school, literally right in our neighborhood that's going to be built. So I saw that today and I just thought, what an incredible leap of faith and a calculated risk. And just when I knew it was right for me, pushing and pursuing this place to live and how it has panned out has just been and unfolded has been incredible. And I was so scared, but I just, I decided to do it, you know, and, um, the neighborhood in general has just turned out perfect. It's beautiful and safe and friendly and diverse and there's playgrounds and basketball courts and just so much compassion and community in this little neighborhood. And I've, I just like, that's one thing in my life. Like I haven't done a lot of things right or like made the best decisions, um, or stuck with them, but this one I did and it's just been life changing and I'll be forever thankful and grateful for it. Like everyone that helped me and for the powers that be in the universe for helping all of this align. And I saw that today. And then it also made me, it also reminded me of, um, ooh, yawning. Why do I yawn right now? It also reminded me of, um, a time. It also reminded me of last year around this time, all, all last summer, um, actually all like the, most of my pregnancy, I was very stuck. Um, and I was very stuck in trauma, in patterns, in cycles, in ways of thinking. I still am a little bit to be completely honest. I'm working through it. I told you guys, I'm thinking, I'm definitely going to do it. I just don't know when I'm going to start or if I need to be in person in, in sessions to do it. But I'm going to start the um, EMDR, I think is what it's called, to help, like hopefully um, break free of some of these cycles that didn't start now. It's not an adult thing or like a new thing or because of any one person. It's actually from childhood and it's it can even be from epigenetics, which are genetics that are triggered and shaped and formed and happen or don't happen. They get turned on or turned off by generational trauma and cycles and then experiences in your own life. Um, so I, I was more stuck than I am now. Like literally couldn't can keep on a good path of a good couple days to save my life. And I, being stuck, I, I couldn't, okay, so what happened, I was pregnant, I was 
on and off in a relationship that to this day love and care for the person it was with, but it just, it wasn't working out. We became very toxic to each other and end of the day, whoever's bad and good and this or that, like it makes me sad. I wish it hadn't ended up like it is now. Um, it is what it is and we learn and we grow and hopefully work on our things and become better people and parents, whatever. I don't really want to get into it because out of respect and I haven't gotten into it. Eventually one day, maybe I will, but, um, I thought I knew that person. (laughs) Haha, I've been sitting in the Whole Foods parking lot, but I don't know that person. I could though. You won't be friends with me? No, he, he does not. He thinks I'm weird that I'm talking into my phone on speaker like a crazy person or that I don't have a mask on yet. I don't know. But I, so I was pregnant. Um, I had just had a miscarriage three months earlier and actually was going to start birth control, huh? Um, that week. And I literally knew I was pregnant the second, probably that it happened. Um, literally again, don't want to get into it, but yes. Um, and I, ju- we had had a miscarriage and it was awful for both of us. It would, it, the miscarriage to keep it kind of short. Um, I had it home. I didn't want to have a DNC and I actually lost so much blood and wouldn't stop bleeding at my house that I was, um, going in and out of consciousness. I had to call a friend to come watch my kids. We actually went to the hospital before she could even get there. So my kids were alone for a hot sec. They're old. They're like, I think they were nine and 10 when this happened or maybe even 10 and 11. So they're old enough, but still like that's scary. Um, this person took me to the hospital. I had, I passed out and had a mini seizure in the waiting room at the ER. Um, I then was in the hospital, lost so much blood that if I I didn't stop that I was going to have a blood transfusion, um, as a 31 year old at the time, healthy, healthy ish person. Um, my blood levels were at like a 4.6. And they do transfusions around there, maybe even above there. Normal, healthy people, they want to see that count at a 10, I think. I believe it's a 10 out of 16. And I had a 4. After that, I had such bad anxiety and panic attacks that my job that I had at the time, I would try to get up and drive there and bawl my eyes out in the car. I couldn't even get in my car. I was scared to leave home. I think because of the trauma, I was scared to be anywhere by myself or um, be anywhere that didn't feel safe. I would sometimes get to work and just sit there and stare and be numb and, and cry in the bathroom and have to go home. And so I started missing work. I didn't, I didn't want to tell people at work. This is obviously very hard to talk about still to his death because it's just, it's hard and it's embarrassing. For me, it's embarrassing. And that's something that I talked about, um, my Instagram story yesterday and kind of sparked this podcast is I, along with all of this trauma through my life, I had a lot of 
I have a lot of toxic shame. I have shame and guilt about things that are not my fault. And so I was embarrassed and didn't want people at work to know that I was struggling. So instead of telling people that, I just stopped showing up for work or would pretend that I was fine, but clearly like not able to do things. And like admitting that for me that I'm not strong enough or that I can't handle something is very, very hard for me. Like very, very difficult. I was raised to be almost too independent um, to a fault and that everything should be able to be done and easy and perfect and that I have to do it and I don't have a choice and I need to suck it up and not have feelings and not let them stop me. And so this whole time in my life has been very difficult because getting stuck, this feeling of being stuck is not one that I was ever allowed to have. And it's one that, you know, as an adult, that's not anyone's fault but my own at this point to work on. So the, ugh, long story, the miscarriage happened. I, so I didn't have a good job when I found I was pregnant. I I think I was even on unemployment or unemployment was ending and I was trying to find jobs and every week and I would have interviews for them. I haven't even told this story. Dear God, I would have interviews and literally be second, third, final round for these great jobs. And then they would either hire someone else, the final round, which whatever that happens all the time. Um, One job I actually got an offer for in writing, and then they backed out on the job entirely. After I had interviewed for a month and a half, two months, did a two-hour PowerPoint presentation, the job was mine. Um, So that was disheartening. And every week, I was obviously getting more and more pregnant and more and more scared that I was pregnant, which already, it's a whole thing, but I come from a conservative family it's not ideal in their mind to be pregnant and not married. I know it's antiquated, but I, it's a traditional value that honestly I would also like to have is to have like a full family for my children still working through that as well. Um, but yeah, I just picture that for myself too. So there was shame around that shame and guilt around that, um, being pregnant on accident, which whatever, I don't really care about that pregnant, not married, um, relationship issues that we just couldn't fix on our own or even really, we just couldn't fix them. No job. Unemployment was running out. Um, I had severe panic attacks, um, starting from the miscarriage, I think continued through some other things, but panic attacks, um, anxiety attacks, agoraphobia. I wouldn't leave the house. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was barely eating and sleeping. I All the energy I had was going into my children and into, honestly, like these thoughts that I would have all day, every day. That would consume me. And I, it was just, dude, it was hard. So finally, fast forward to when I decided ultimately to keep the baby. Because you, like, get real if you've never been in a tough situation or been in a situation where you are pregnant and you don't know what you're going to do. You do want to run all of your options through. That's smart. 
Again, you don't need to just blindly do something. I have two older children, so I know the amount of responsibility and money and energy and well-being that it takes to raise just one. And then for me to think to have three on my own is insane. And then on top of it, to try to find a job while you're that pregnant, like the job I ended up getting, I was pregnant, pretty pregnant, and they just didn't, I was still tiny, they didn't see it. I was probably three or four months pregnant getting a job or maybe even five months pregnant that then I was going to have to leave the job. It was just wild. So I was stuck, stuck, stuck. And then I saw this opportunity that someone told, one of my friends, I think told me that it's not really the decision. Like there's no right or wrong decision for you right now. You just need to make one. That's why you're stuck. And that has stuck with me since. I don't remember who said that, but thank you if you are listening. If you're not, I appreciate you for giving me that advice because what happened then is as soon as I put, as soon as I took a, again, calculated risk or a leap of faith one way or the other, I kept going back and forth. I literally would make, this is so embarrassing, but again, it's actually not, it's not shameful Um, I said on my Instagram story yesterday, I made so many planned parenthood appointments because I didn't think I could have the baby and raise her. It's hard to talk about now because I, she's changed my life and I love kids so much. I love them, but I just didn't think I could have one. And right now or in the future, I just couldn't, I thought I couldn't, I made so many planned parenthood appointments and then I would cancel them because it wasn't right or I would even start driving there and then just go home and then cry and think did I do the right thing I would have a huge relief but then I would have huge guilt dude fuck I like fucked myself up for months doing this months on and off months and looking up even adoption which I did not want to do even worse that one I didn't want to do I just I didn't know what to do man and I no one knew no one even knew Really, I was pregnant for like month, for probably five months. <laughs> Thank God I stayed small because for like five months, and I didn't throw up that much. And my boobs were just like giant, which was, I mean, amazing. I do like that, but once I decided, finally, it, it started to get later and later in like the pregnancy, so that wasn't an option anymore. That I didn't have options left. And the relationship wasn't working out. It just, it just kept getting worse, to be honest. Um, And things weren't fixing and trust was broken, whatever. I just decided I'm, I, I have to tell people I have to this, this, and this. So I, I kind of like listed in my head or wrote down what needed to happen, what I would need to raise a baby right now. What were the necessities? That if I run out of money, if I can't breastfeed, if I'm doing this on my own, what do I 100% need and how can I allocate funds to that now? What can I do to make this work? And then I also on the other side of things, the health things, the wellness things, the the goal things. Oh, I'm like dying trying to talk. Oh. It's allergy season. Woohoo. 
because it couldn't get worse. I don't have corona. I have allergies. Literally can't breathe. My throat is so freaking dry. And I have no water. Just coffee. Great. Um, I thought on the other side of things to help, like, make this risk, this leap not so scary as scary as I've been freaking making it for five months and it turned out fine I literally everything's I mean fine is a loose term but everything's pretty fine now um I needed a job I needed to tell people I needed to, to have a support system because I didn't have one and I needed um to work on my mental health because that was another thing I was I didn't think I was in a good enough place to have a child right then. I was scared because of the miscarriage. I was resentful because of the miscarriage. Like that something could happen literally leading up to the day of the pregnancy. I could just have a spontaneous one. And I was just not in a good enough place. Yeah. To have a brand new baby. It's a lot of work, man. Even now I'm in a good mental place. And a good place for myself. It is hard I get up every night, two times a night. I don't sleep that much. And it's a, it's a freaking marathon all day from five in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. And I did, I couldn't do it then. I just was so defeated and depressed. And I definitely have stories I would like to share about that time, but I don't want to cry right now. And I'm too like vulnerable talking about it to not cry, but there's some things I would love to share during that time as well to happen. But, um, so I wrote those things down or listed them and and then decided to act on them. And once I did, once I did, just like the story about moving here, it did not come easy. It has not been easy at all. This has been the hardest thing I've ever fucking done in my life. Even to this day, every day is hard, but it is rewarding and it's, fulfilling me and helping me like getting your mental health issues in order and breaking all of the the breaking all the things that have happened to you down in 30 something years is incredibly difficult and on top of during a pandemic because I mean we haven't forgotten about that we're in a pandemic on top of being single-ish parent on top of one income on top of all of that has been insanely difficult. But as soon as I got unstuck and as soon as I took those calculated risks, like I'm going to say it again, those leaps of faith, everything started falling into place. I then got a job that was actually, I kept like looking for jobs and I wanted more money, obviously, um, cause that's the goal, but I, it was more money, better benefits. My benefits kicked in three days within when the baby was born. So that was another thing I didn't have insurance and without insurance, the, some of the best in quotations, best gynecological and OBGYN places, um, will not take you or before delivery, you have to be paid in full. And so again, I was like, where am I even going to be able to go to a doctor or have this baby? Because I wanted the best for her, you know? Um, or how am I going to get her into daycare? How am I going to be able to afford a damn thing? Dear God, let alone diapers. The amount of diapers and everything, this child, 
I will never financially recover that from this. Like that's quote of my lifetime, but it's worth it. Um, everything fell into place though. The job, like I just said, the health, um, I had seen a therapist one or two times while I was, um, early, early, early pregnancy. And we kind of went more, um, to figure out things in the relationship. And I just couldn't go to her. I didn't have the money again. It, she doesn't take my insurance. So I was paying like, I'm still paying like $140, $50 a week for this therapy. I couldn't afford it. She, I reached out to her and I said, can I come to you on my own? I, I like need someone to help me so I can get through this. And I need someone to talk to because I'm exhausting my friend's ears off and my family. And I just need an unbiased person to listen. So I was able to start seeing her, which I still see. And she's been so up my alley and I, you know, and then, like I said, the, I found babysitting help, someone that's great and has been isolated. So no Corona concerns. And I had an extra bedroom that easily transitioned for the baby. And then I had to tell the kids and that's a whole other story. Got to share that too. But the kids, I, they accepted this baby. Like she's been our family the whole time and love and adore her and help with her. It's just, and then on top of it had the easiest birth, not easy. I mean, there was stuff that happened, but like in terms of you could have a baby that, I mean, God forbid something is wrong with them or they don't make it. Or you could have a baby that has colic or you could have a pregnancy that ends up a C-section, which I delivered alone. That's again, another story. I delivered by myself. I was there by myself. I chose that and I do not regret that decision. It made it peaceful and calm and gave me some of my control that I had lost for the last year back. Um, but it's not for everybody. Uh, but I think my lucky stars because I took these actions and then let go and let it flow. All of the things started happening. The baby she's the easiest baby I've ever met in my life. The smiliest, happiest, sweet natured, good sleeper, good eater, does what she's supposed, supposed to do. (laughs) Um, and I just, I thought about all of that today. So when we were on our silly little walk, I love those walks though. That's where all of my ideas for things actually come and I can drink my coffee and get some sanity and sometimes get like some construction worker whistles you know what I'm saying which feels good I'm not I'm not getting getting any action have not in a very long time months four months probably three four months oh gosh so it feels good to get a little hoot and hollering from some randoms that are probably married but um digress digress uh, yeah. So on this walk, I just thought about all of this and I wanted to share it with you guys because there are lessons. I haven't found a way yet to share my story and like convey messages in a way that flows like perfectly. I get that. Um, but there are lessons, life lessons that you can take from these things that I've experienced and I, I want to share these experiences with my kids and, and, uh, this generation and people my age or people that are 
thinking of starting over or scared to pursue things and living small lives or living lives out of fear or what society wants them to do. I just want everyone to get to live out loud. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. I just shared one small story that I could go into so much detail about, but it'd be a 20 hour podcast. It's not easy. Living a, an authentic life or living a life that might seem unconventional or out of the box or loud or not normal is difficult. It is a path less followed and you will find, I literally got these random hate messages over the weekend, which like, I think I know who they're from anyway, but, and like, don't even want to give attention to it because they're rude, but, and not even true. But one of the messages you even said something about how it looks like I have two father, other fatherless children as well. And that's just such like an old thing to say in a world where gay couples are adopting and they have two dads or two moms or there's blended families or grandparents raising kids. You have no fucking clue. It's so living a life, which also, by the way, the, the older two, if you don't know me at all, give a little background. I was married for 10 years almost 10 years and then with them for another year and a half before that. So the kids have a father. They see him all the time. He's involved in their life. Do I love him? No. Does he love me? Fuck no. He's got a great girlfriend. They live together. She's super nice. Like (laughs) there's no reason why it would even be assumed as that. What? Because I'm not begging for a man to be in my life right now because I'm terrified that I'll get pregnant again because I mean, I just sometimes am a risky bitch, okay? And I'm just being careless and having having a good time. Yes, I'm terrified. That doesn't make me some kind of a, have a bunch of fatherless kids. That's wild. That's what I'm saying. Living a life out loud, you're going to get that, a lot of criticism. And you just have to, with grace, if you can have it, and with a an attitude of like an open mind and that some people aren't going to get it. You explain yourself and you just move on and you keep living your life. And it is difficult to fend off people like that that are either jealous or don't understand it or just want to put you down because they're unhappy themselves, I think, Um, or because they just don't understand it. And you have to know that you are doing the right thing for you. People aren't going to get it. And in the end, these, t- these types of events in your life are so pivotal and monumental and they will leave lasting impressions on your life. And so I just want to push to help you guys see that and help myself and you do more of that. Because if I could have moments like this all the damn time, I would, I like am pretty happy with my life now if I can get through a couple more things like, I'm so happy with the decisions I made for my kids um, and my family in, in the future. I don't think I ever want to move. I don't think, and I've never felt that in my life. I've never felt content or not stir crazy somewhere. And because I did those things, took those steps, and then went, woohoo, off of a giant cliff with a potentially not working parachute, who even knows, it's worked out. 
let go and let flow, baby. I feel like I should change that. Um, let go and let flow unless it is your peepees. Um, that's it for this episode. Holy shit. I have talked for almost 50 minutes straight. It'll be 50 minutes after I do this ad read or two. I, I, wow. I, now I know where my daughter gets this from. She just talks and I'm like worn out because it's about crazy stuff like slime and dolls and like things. I don't even know what she's talking about. And I just listen and her talking alone. I'm exhausted. I get it now. I've just talked for almost an hour by myself. I feel like I could be one of those DJs that does like a four hour extended set. Have you ever seen like a 12 hour set? I don't know what kind of like uppers they're on. I'm on like only one right now, but I, (laughs) and it's legal. I'm prescribed. So suck it. Um, but well, I don't know. Caffeine counts as an upper. So I guess I'm on two. But I could still talk. I literally could talk like this all the time. Anyway, whatever. Let's cut this thing off. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you listened all the way to the end, shout out to you. You the real MVP. You the real OG. Biggie E. Up in this B. Leave me five stars, please. I really need some more rates and reviews. Only if they're positive, though. And Or like as positive as you can get. I love constructive criticism. I would just love more for you not to put it on there on like the iTunes page maybe send that to me send me all the hate text you want because I can block a motherfucker like uh, it's nobody's business and I like I kind of like the self-loathing and the destructiveness that's why I'm going to therapy because I'm drawn to like um imploding and like destructive decisions are fun and sexy in the moment and then all of a sudden they're not so Maybe send me those instead. We can get off on it. We can get off on the misery together. Leaving this on such an appropriate, just like not filthy note. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep it real. Live out loud. Lila's. (laughs) Bye.